Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Shunstat Way of Life podcast. I'm Julia Monin, author and host, author of the book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers. With me, I have a special guest. Guess who came on the show? John Lally, the one and only. I, I said I really called you out on the last episode, didn't I? You did. You did. I was very shocked. <laughs> like, who is this strange woman saying my name? So after that uh, after that show with, with, again, if you tuned into last month, Kathy Varner, Varno was a guest on the show last month talking about her experience and her conversion and her, her ministry with the, uh, the um, oh, help me out here, the, the pilgrimage of the father's eye. Thank you. Like, it's not the crown. What is she? <laughs> the father's eye. And so she was here talking about that. And I opened the, opened it up to anyone else who wanted to join me. And I did called you by name several times. And so after the show aired, I had a text right away from one of the women <laughs> who I know faithfully listens and says, um, I gave John's. I gave gave John's info to you and immediately we were connected anyway. That's the point I'm making here. So thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for inviting me. This yeah. is great. Yeah. yeah. And um, so for you listeners, just so you know, I, I hadn't met John before today. So this is the first time that we've met and had a discussion. I don't know much about your story and, and you know, your love of the Lord, your your entry into Shunstadt, the work that you're doing within the movement. So that I will be learning it for the first time as well, just like our listeners. In fact, you almost said something earlier when you were here and I said hold on wait save that for the show I want to hear it live with everyone else so thank you for being here um, we'll dive right in but before we do let's go ahead and put ourselves in the presence of God and open with prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen we trust your might your, your kindness mother dear we do believe that you are always near Shunstadt's great queen O mother mild we blindly trust in you and in your child in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen so, John, first things first, just tell us a little bit about yourself, specifically, like, when did you get involved with the movement of Shunstad, or how, how our Lord and Our Lady have been at work to bring you where you are today? <laughs> okay, I'll try to be concise, sure, like yeah. Aquinas. That's what I like about okay. Aquinas. Okay, so I'm a big Aquinas fan. So, um, so um, I'm an engineer. I work at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Okay. And uh, I started working there, and I'm dating myself now. But back it was 1987. I graduated from college with uh, with my with uh, my degree in electrical engineering. Mm -hmm. Came to Wright Pat, and um, you know I'd always kept practicing my faith. Um, I was raised Catholic, good Catholic family, and uh, so um, at that point, you know, I was still practicing my faith, but it wasn't a real, you know, mm -hmm. really into my faith. And then probably about 1992, I'd been working at Wright Pat for like five years. Um, I went to Fatima because mm -hmm. uh, I traveled a lot internationally for the Air Force, which has just been awesome, a great gift, you know. And um, and so I did a side trip to Fatima when I was over there one time. Mm -hmm. And I really, you know, felt a lot of grace there. And it really kind of uh, got me a lot more involved in the church. I got into the Blue Army for a little while. And... Um, and we used to go to, we had these Wednesday night prayer groups down at Emanuel Catholic Church mm -hmm. in downtown Dayton, which mm -hmm. Father Kenny, may he rest in peace, mm -hmm. he uh, he led those mm -hmm. and um, focused a lot on Marian apparitions like Our Lady of Light and a lot of things that were going on down there at mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, Father Steve, who was not Father Steve at the time, mm -hmm. um, he would come once in a while mm -hmm. and he came, came and gave a, a talk on Schoenstatt. Mm -hmm. And he had one of the pilgrim MTAs. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, it just struck me right away. Mm -hmm. And so he had a few he was allowing to pass around. So mm -hmm. I got one from him. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting because in parallel, uh, my sister, Kathy Whitehouse, mm -hmm. she lived down in Corbin, Kentucky mm -hmm. at the time, close to the Tennessee border. Well, she st she got involved in Shinsat right around the same time mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. Because as Father Steve was traveling north to Ohio, his car broke down in Corbin. Oh. He ended up meeting my sister and Schoenstatt spread down there. Wow. So she and I, I was in Dayton. Mm -hmm. She was down there in Corbin, Kentucky. And it was like our mother was moving with both of us. Hmm. You know, so, um, so anyway, um, uh, as I studied Schoenstatt, I actually got a chance to take a few side trips to the original shrine when I was traveling for, for the Air Force. Mm -hmm. And uh, interestingly enough, brought some Protestant friends with me. Mm -hmm. um, and um, at some point I decided, you know, I'm going to, I want to do my covenant. Mm -hmm. And so I did my covenant of love at Carol and Gordy Liss's home, mm -hmm. the two pillars. And um, that was in St. Patrick's Day, mm -hmm. 1998. Mm -hmm. um, and then... 
my sister got me uh, my first MTA formal picture to hang with the mm -hmm. octagonal frame. Mm -hmm. And I hung that up in my condo and I just felt this power coming from it and I knew I had to do a home shrine. Mm -hmm. So in October, what was it? October 7th, Our Lady of the Rosary, mm -hmm. um, I did my first home shrine. Mm -hmm. And uh, and from there it was like, I, I tell my sister, you know, you're responsible for a lot of this because she's the one that got had those pictures made by a woman down in mm -hmm. Corbin. She got it to me and that was another source of grace. So, mm -hmm. so from there it's just been, um, you know, uh, it's just been Shinsat involvement mm -hmm. and, and growing with our mother mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and so that's, that's pretty much how I got into it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So Father Steve, before he was Father Steve, this was, we're talking about Father Steve Mondike, which he's been brought up on this, uh, this show a few times. Father Steve, again, we talked about him last month as well, is the, uh, the priest at, at the head of the Ohio Diocesan Council for the Shunstop Movement in the state right now, which you're a part of as well, right? That's correct. So you're, you are in the men's, the men's branch leader on this diocesan I council. Am. Yeah. I am. Yeah. So how did you get into that, like a leadership role then into the movement? And how do you see the Blessed Mother at work in all of that? Well, Carol Liss asked me to okay, do it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, so that's how I got into it. And I yeah. said, sure. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I've kind of struggled with it. There have been no real open doors over mm -hmm. the last number of years. Mm -hmm. um, I've tried to, she gave me a list of all people involved in mm -hmm. Shinstad, and I've contacted all the men. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing was really there in terms of enough interest to have mm -hmm. monthly meetings mm -hmm. and that. So I said, okay, bless the mother, door's not open there. I'm not going to try to push anything mm -hmm. open. So mm -hmm. we'll see where it goes. Mm -hmm. So, um at this point, that's kind of where I'm at with the men's league. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm talking mm -hmm. with Tim, Tim Dietz. That's right? my dad. Yeah, your dad. Yeah, right. And, um, yeah, so I know he's interested. And mm -hmm. um, he was starting up a group here for, I guess, a little while. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was asking me some recommendations on what might be good to read through. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, and we've talked. But, you know, so we're kind of brainstorming right now. I think mm -hmm. together kind of mm -hmm. where, you know, where does she want to go with this? So. Mm -hmm. It's kind of where I'm at with the men's league right now. Mm -hmm. So for people who are just like even new, a lot of listeners have just really made their covenant of love. So they've got the basics of what the covenant of love is. They're entering into this relationship with the Blessed Mother, you know, this consecration to her and, and welcoming her. But they might not have the logistics in terms of, you know, the organizational breakdown of the men's league and the women's league and the different branches within the movement. So can you can you give listeners just a little bit of that? Like what? what perhaps where you see it maybe going sometime if the door continues to open like or what the purpose of even the men's league is like yeah yeah well well and, and this kind of gets into um uh, probably continuing my story it kind of dovetails yeah, into that great. so so i was an engineer working at right pat mm -hmm. like i said i started in 92 and then around 2003 um i was just really my heart just was not in it anymore mm -hmm. and i was uh, I was restless. I was discerning around, you know, is there something else you want me to do here, Lord? Mm -hmm. uh, and then I heard I was at, I was at mass at the uh, Air Force Base Chapel and somebody was talking on the side. I wasn't even in the conversation. And I heard John Paul II Institute mentioned mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it really struck a chord. So I investigated it. Mm -hmm. And I started discerning it and said, well, you know, because I had already started as I was growing in my faith. I really became involved in reading John Paul II, his encyclicals. He is just a huge influence on me. I can't mm -hmm. overstate that, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. not just as a person, mm -hmm. um, but just as as an intellectual uh, mind and his, his all his encyclicals. It just like. It, it was just a whole new world for me. Mm. And I thought, wow, you know, um, th th this sounds like this might be, might be neat. And, mm. and I went, I made a trip up there. I talked to professors. I, mm. and it just wasn't clear. And I mm. said, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I finally said, you know, um, I, I'm going to do the Father Cantonic Death Leap that he talks about <laughs> and say, hey, I'm, I quit my job. And before this, I, you know, right as I was quitting, I, I made a trip up to Waukesha and I had already made my covenant of love. Right. So mm -hmm. I did my blank check up there in 2003 mm -hmm. in August and said, OK, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up my job. Um, I bought, bought a new Jeep mm -hmm. and uh, I'm heading out mm -hmm. and I'm going to D.C. and I'm not going to be working for a couple years. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be pulling from my retirement mm -hmm. and. And we'll see where it goes. Mm -hmm. And and that's um, 
So went there two years, great experience. Um, I really, really learned a lot, you know, and, and I, again, I throw out so much credit to Dr. Schindler and, and just all the, all the teachers up there at the John Paul II Institute, just wonderful. Um, and I, what I learned was I learned how to think correctly as a Catholic, mm. um, you know, and, and that's what got me into Aquinas up there as well. Mm. I mean, we didn't, it, it's, the degree mm. was a master's degree in theological studies in marriage and family. Okay. But I think it really, for me, it became broader because as I started, you know, I, I learned the importance of Aquinas. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I started, you know, reading him, I, you know, it was like, oh, wow, this is just great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and we don't understand so many times as Catholics how we don't think like Catholics because we live in a toxic culture, right? Mm -hmm. You're bombarded 24-7 with an erroneous way of thinking and looking at things, mm -hmm. right? So it's a constant fight. And, and you can slip into it and not even know you're doing it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I, I joke with my nephews about Cartesian thinking, you know, mm -hmm. Rene Descartes, mm -hmm. and he's one of the the kind of the fathers of modern philosophical thinking, you know, mm -hmm. and, and again, it was a separation of faith and reason and, mm -hmm. and just not, not thinking like a Catholic, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I got into, so yeah, so at that point, um, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go to school there. I made my blank check, left in 2003, went to school, did a couple mm -hmm. years there, got my master's. And I said, okay, now what do I do? Mm -hmm. And I moved back to Northern Kentucky temporarily because my family's down there. I've got mm -hmm. uh, five brothers and sisters and my mom and dad were still uh, alive. My mom is still alive. My dad passed in 2014. Mm -hmm. So, um, I moved back down there and said, okay, well, what am I going to do? And mm -hmm. um, I did some volunteering stuff. I gave a lot of talks. Um, I worked for the, um, I, I gave a retreat for the uh, Diocese of Covington mm -hmm. for men. Mm -hmm. And I was really focused on men because one of the things, and this ties back into your yeah. question, a little bit of a circular no, path, perfect, but, yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, so it, what I learned when we talked about one of my classes was, um, uh, it was psychological dimensions of gender. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and, um, so, and we talked about the philosophical underpinnings of gender and what that means. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and it's not what the culture tells you. Right. Mm -hmm. So it really struck me that, um, I saw a lot of deficiencies in myself mm -hmm. in terms of masculinity mm -hmm. that I never just, I never thought of. Mm -hmm because you're infected by this culture and you act a certain way. And, and as you get older, you at least theoretically should mature anyway, right? Mm -hmm. but, but it really gave me a lot of insight and I wanted to pass this to other men. Mm -hmm. So what I did was um, I started giving these talks mm -hmm. um, and it was, again, a, more geared toward men. Mm -hmm. um, talked to Theology on Tap uh, after I graduated, a friend of mine, uh, Anne, um, she, uh, we gave kind of a dual talk together mm -hmm. uh, at Theology on Tap in downtown Dayton at one of the bars. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, so that was kind of my path after I graduated. Um, and then I said, well, okay, so I'm giving these talks and that, but it doesn't pay the bills. So, you know, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And um, just for a little bit, I substitute would substitute teach just for a little bit, just, mm -hmm. just to get some income coming in. And I'm going, okay, Lord, you know, my savings is dwindling here. Mm -hmm. um, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And it just, uh, you know, there, there wasn't an answer. Um, and so I just kept pressing, doing what I was doing and looking around. And then I found an ad for, um, uh, at the children's home in Northern Kentucky. Um, and basically it was, it was doing therapy, going into homes, uh, and working with, uh, children that are at risk for being removed from their home mm -hmm. for legal issues. Sure. And so I went into these homes, um, and my job was to basically work with 10 different clients. I don't like that term, but mm -hmm. at a time. And, um, and the goal is just to try to help modify behavior to keep them in the home. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so that's what I did for a year and a half. And that really stretched me, yeah. um, you know, especially coming from, you know, an engineer mm -hmm. kind of more introverted, sitting at my desk, doing my job, even though I traveled a lot and, and worked mm -hmm. with people, this was totally a different ball game. Mm -hmm. um, and plus I'm coming now from graduating with my master's and I'm going, this system is so broken. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, and so how do I bring faith into this mm -hmm. without ruffling too many feathers? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Prudently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not afraid to ruffle feathers, yeah. but right. I got to be prudent about it. Yeah. 
right? And so that's what I, I worked to do as best I could. And in, in the end, it was like, hey, you know, this is your 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 job, Lord. I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm here. I'm mm-hmm. showing up, mm-hmm. and I I quickly learned. I the best thing I could do was just be an example and a presence. Mm-hmm. Number one mm-hmm. of stability, and uh, you know, uh, wear my crucifix. Yeah. Um. I I would bring sometimes uh, my pilgrim MTA to some of the mm-hmm. counseling sessions and just you know, mm-hmm. not pushing anything on anybody, but. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. kind of there, and people that were open, mm-hmm. we would have discussions mm-hmm. um, on religion and that. Mm-hmm. So um, I started getting then after about a year and a half, I was just stressed like to the max, yeah. and I was starting to have I, I health issues just from the stress. And sure. so I said, you know what, got to get out of this. So mm-hmm. I went back, I went online, started looking for jobs back at Wright Pat, and came back as a contractor at Wright Pat in two thousand and eight. Um, basically as an engineer, but as a contractor, not civil service. Okay. So I thought, well, I didn't think I was going to be back That's here, but true. here I am. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Um, but it's interesting because as I was first walking back in those doors at Wright mm-hmm. Pat, at the same time I met Herb Edwards, who's a longtime friend of mine, very big in the charismatic movement and everything down in the Dayton mm-hmm. area. And it was just like so providential. Mm-hmm. He's walking in. I'm like, Herb, you know, yeah. at the second I'm walking in, yeah. you know. So, I, I mean, again, I knew it was divine providence, mm-hmm. but um, Mary makes sure work for it, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. But but again, that's the toughness. We're not, mm-hmm. this isn't supposed to be easy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so anyway, um, so I was doing that. And then um, I've, I've basically been there ever since, mm-hmm. since 2008, right, mm-hmm. Pat? Um, but I've recently, you know, I just, I kept doing what I was doing. I've given some, um, some talks virtually and live on, um, on like suffering on angels, um, on masculinity from a Catholic perspective. Uh, and again, that's really been one of my big focuses, but I, I'm not quote wedded to that. It's mm-hmm. like, whatever I can talk on about anything, mm-hmm. um, but what I what I like to do because it, it's not John's opinion, right? Mm-hmm. There is such a wealth of writing out there. Oh, yeah. John Paul II, Saint Thomas Aquinas, and I call myself an integrator. I basically, I think my role is, you know, I read these great minds, these gifted minds. That's not me. Mm-hmm. My job is to take that giftedness integrate it together and bring it to maybe more the the person that isn't the intellectual type or mm-hmm. doesn't have the time mm-hmm. to be the right you're mm-hmm. just trying to do your job and get by mm-hmm. and i get that so it's like that i think is my job mm-hmm. um and it, it's just i'm an integrator that's what i call mm-hmm. myself so it's and mm-hmm. it's kind of what i do with the base which is kind of funny it's like as an engineer a systems engineer we kind of, you know, we don't develop stuff there, but we manage contractors and we integrate this whole technical effort. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, you know, I'm pretty much an integrator. That's what I do. And um, mm-hmm. and so I try to take the best of what everybody is mm-hmm. and pull that together, all the mm-hmm. gifts. Mm-hmm. And so I, t- I try to take the whole Catholic tradition mm-hmm. and pull together all that giftedness, you know. Mm-hmm. And and we were talking earlier about St. Therese mm-hmm. and Madre Teresa, I call mm-hmm. her. Um, mm-hmm their writings with John of the Cross, which is more a little philosophically based, Mm -hmm. less personal experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And then John Paul II, St. Thomas Aquinas, Mm -hmm. the great mystics, you pull all that together and there's Mm -hmm. just such an amazing wealth, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's kind of what I do now. And um, I, you know, I've got, I've got the time to do both my job Mm -hmm. and to do that. Mm -hmm. So I've got a good income coming in. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I was like, okay, well, this, this is good, but mm-hmm. I still there, there's that something mm-hmm. more. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, okay, mother, you know, mm-hmm. well, you know, what is it? You've mm-hmm. gone with me mm-hmm. everywhere from DC, everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, it's been my, my moving home shrine in mm-hmm. a sense, you know? So, um, so what I started doing is, um, I bought a, my new condo in 2010 mm-hmm. and cause I didn't know if I was going to stay in the Dayton area. Sure. So mm-hmm. in 2008, I said, I'm here, I'm working for a contractor. And I got an apartment. Mm-hmm. And then after two years, I got uh, a renewal letter for a lease. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because I, I opened that up and went, yeah, rent's going up. And, you know, you've got to get insurance, renter's insurance. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it kind of annoyed me. I got to get renter's insurance now. But 
it hit me like a ton of bricks. It's time to move. I just knew, mm-hmm. right? It's one of those mm-hmm. God just told you. Mm-hmm. And um, so I said, okay. Um, and I ended up basically getting a civil service position again, getting mm-hmm. converted back. So I said, I, as far as I know, I'm here for the long haul. Sure. So I bought a new condo and uh, it's now become my new home shrine, but it has really grown and grown. I've just kind of gone a step at a time with no plan, mm-hmm. but it's now become my what I'm calling the community shrine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's so I'm I'm the president of my condo association, and okay. I've been that for uh, the last ten years. And um, you know, I and I've had so many people in and out of my condo um, that have seen our MTA, mm-hmm. and um, I, I basically I've, I've converted this. So my whole condo is a shrine, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, and I've got a website I can give you later if people want to go online and look at it, but it, it's open to the public as a community shrine mm-hmm. and there's no money that changes hands. Mm-hmm. It's not a business. Mm-hmm. It's for people to come and just maybe experience our Lord, mm-hmm. uh, our mother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and again, a lot of non-Catholics show up and it's mm-hmm. just funny to look at the reactions and, and people always say they, they feel peace in there. Sure. So I, to me, um, Right now, that's my main focus. My mm-hmm. apostolate is my community shrine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I call it Mary's Castle of Light. Mm-hmm. And, and again, none of this was planned. I didn't say, well, I'm going to do this. I, again, it was like Father Kentonick. You know, you get a nudge here, a little mm-hmm. inspiration here. You read something here, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay. And mm-hmm. it just organically evolved. And, um, and, and I think the fruit has really borne out, you know, that that um, she's really working from there. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Father Ketnick talked about the creative result, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if it's beyond what you would normally expect naturally, then you you know grace is at work mm-hmm. there, right? So that's kind of what, um, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, so, and one thing I do, you know, you were talking about how you all maybe do, um, like have a listening ear, just do mm-hmm. some counseling in that here. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, I do have counseling experience. I'm not a professional counselor, right? right, right. That's not my degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of under the umbrella of the children's home at the time, mm-hmm. right? But um, I'm in a sense of, I, I'll do even private retreats at my place because mm-hmm. I've got a spare bedroom and a bath that people can use. Mm-hmm. And I try to gear it more towards men, mm-hmm. but it's to come, get away, and discern and listen to our mother. She is the, quote, retreat director. Mm-hmm. It, it's not John. I'm there if you want to bounce something off of me. Mm-hmm. If you need somebody to listen to you or say, hey, maybe you want to read this or here's mm-hmm. a thought here. Mm-hmm. But it, it's to let her mm-hmm. be the mother and educator. And that what that's what she did with Father Kentonick, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, she educated the boys because mm-hmm. he knew he couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I kind of, mm-hmm. you know, that that so I'm really I'm really focused, you know, on that. I mean, I was just. I'm constantly up on ladders, still doing more because I've got one of the great, uh, great rooms with the 20 foot ceiling. And, mm-hmm. and so I just, like I said, the whole thing's become like mm-hmm. a total project. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's been my passion. Mm-hmm. That's really where I'm at right now. And, um, I just sit back and, and watch her work, you know, and mm-hmm. I've got a, I've got my, my rock altar set up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a tabernacle, I've got everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've had two priests mm-hmm. come and say mass there, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Mm-hmm. So any priests are listening, you're welcome mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be great to have you come say mass. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's my, my haven. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I know father, father Kent and I talking about when he was in Milwaukee about his home shrine being a, or the shrine, he goes, you can find me in the shrine. Right. It's like a bird in its nest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm either on a ladder with a paintbrush in my shrine or I'm, I'm, you know, I, or I'm, I'm out kind of, it's, it's for the community too, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I really feel like that's what I think with Shonsan. I sense a movement of her trying to move out into the community more, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause the, the, the shrines, the daughter shrines, you know, not everybody can get there or whatever mm-hmm. think of it, mm-hmm. but I've had so many neighbors come in that have had no, uh, you know, no access to any of that or wouldn't have thought about it or, mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? I was raised Catholic, but that yeah. was forever ago. And, um, Mm-hmm. but they're getting exposure to that. And the response is, mm-hmm. I know she's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's so neat to watch because I just sit back. Mm-hmm. I don't have to try to do anything. Mm-hmm. If you got a question, ask me, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I, I, it's, so it's, so anyway, that's kind of a very long story. Sorry. Uh, but that kind of explains, I think where, where yeah. kind of I'm at yeah. today. Yeah. 
Well, I think Carol was inspired by the Lord to ask you to be this this diocesan council men's branch leader. And even the beauty of what you're talking about, what you gained from your studies at the John Paul II Institute and what you learned there and and um, that, that draw to the masculine, you know, the ma- pure masculinity and, of course, authentic femininity. And as women, we struggle with that as well. And so to really own who we are as man and woman. And, you know, I think that's the wisdom behind Father Kentenich and the organizational side of Schoenstatt with the different branches in the leagues is that, um, you know, we are one body, but let's not kid ourselves in the reality that we don't have different needs and desires and longings in our hearts in different ways we tick as man and as woman and that's what the purpose and the beauty of the leagues and the different branches are is that you can come together in community with with those who are walking vocationally the same vocation you're walking as man as woman as what mother as wife you know so you can you can gather and learn um in that community in that environment so that's the beauty of it so it's exciting to see this conversation we're having today you know on we're meeting on July 1st, 2022, and to wonder about, you know, where the Lord, you know, you mentioned there haven't been a lot of doors opening in the past with it yet. You know, you kind of put some feelers out there, didn't really go anywhere. So, you know, like, okay, maybe now's not the time, but as your, your life experience has shown you, sometimes that time just shows up and like hits you in the face and you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting it to be today, but it's today. Absolutely. <laughs> so we can, we can trust that, you know, our Lord and our lady are definitely at work and you kind of just sit back and say, huh, I wonder how this is all going to unfold. Um, but so Certainly, I know um, as as woman, as woman, you know who we are as woman. The faith, religion, it comes it comes more natural to us as women who we are and our being. Um, and so, men listening to this, which there are a lot of men who listen to this show, um, and they hear that that has to. I would imagine that resonates to them in some way. Like I'm not my wife, and I can't understand it the way my wife understands it, and I can't live it out the way my wife is living it out. You know, because I'm not woman, <laughs> I'm not mother. And so, yeah. to even hear you mention that, you know. Um, that yeah that's a reality and that's part of the vocation or that's part of the mission that you're on as as this man's group um, you know leader and on this council and and kind of overseeing you know what the Lord wants to do with all of this in our great state oh yeah yeah I mean we uh, I mean we have been so feminized men have in our Mm -hmm. culture right Mm -hmm. and and feminine true feminism has Mm -hmm. been so degraded Mm -hmm. uh, and and that's huge because like um, what Dr. Schindler was talking about in Faith in American Culture, one of our classes is, you know, the very fabric of of the world mm-hmm. is the masculine and feminine, the receiving and the giving that bears fruit. It's a Trinitarian. Mm-hmm. And when you get rid of gender and everything becomes neutral, you basically cancel out God mm-hmm. from the culture. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's it's different, equal, but different. And that's, that's so critical. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, this isn't a competition, right? right? Um, and, and, you know, for men out there, I would say, you know, we're, you've got to be, what, let, me, let me put it this way. Why do you probably see, if you go into a church, mm-hmm. you probably see normally more women, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. than men. Sure. It's been my experience. Why is that? Mm-hmm. There is a reason, there is a, psychological philosophical and theological reason for that mm-hmm. because the way you're structured we're both human beings mm-hmm. but we're we are human beings in a different way and that goes to the core mm-hmm. it's not just physical mm-hmm. it's not just psychological it's at the very core of our being of mm-hmm. our soul mm-hmm. um i i've got a, a a primarily masculine soul and yours is feminine mm-hmm. but we both have some of both mm-hmm. but your primary is is feminine and mm-hmm. so so for men uh, the, the key is you got to receive from God first. So the Marian dimension of the church precedes the Petrine dimension. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you've got to be contemplative and receive first, mm-hmm. and then you can go as a man and lead. Mm-hmm. Women are called to say, hey, you know, I've got to receive first, mm-hmm. like Mary, the fiat, but I stay in that feminine mode. Mm-hmm. Men now have to switch mm-hmm. and go be leaders. Mm-hmm. But if you go try to be a leader without being that receptive, mm-hmm. receiving from God first, then you're going to turn into a disaster. Mm-hmm. You're either going to turn into to basically a tyrant mm-hmm. or a weak, what we call a weak king mm-hmm. um, or, or just, you know, a weak man. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, so that's the key. So um, and, and two, as I'm studying Aquinas and, and looking at the powers of the soul, women, did you know women are more? 
uh, more intuitive. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you just knew mm -hmm. that, right? Because mm -hmm. um, that's what our experience tells us. But that's not that's not the same as feeling. That is, mm -hmm. and, and people need to understand that. Um, intuition is an intellectual function. And men are better at discursive reasoning, going from one thing to the next, one plus one equals two, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. and, and women are just more, I got it, I know that's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, people, it, it's hard to say this, like in some of my talks, people jump up and down, but, but wait a minute, because right away it's offensive, right? right, uh, right. It's like, no, the, and mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you can't, it's not that men are not intuitive, mm -hmm. it's just you are more strong in that area because that's the way God made you, mm -hmm. and that's a good thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and that's why it's great to have both, the complementarity, mm -hmm. because women are, are more emotional, and again, that's that's mm -hmm. not a knock. A lot of people go, mm -hmm. you know, oh, you're you know, you're offending women. No, they mm -hmm. they are. It's mm -hmm. just it's a, look at the science. Mm -hmm. It's a biological fact. But you know what? That's because that's the way you're made, and that's a good thing. I mean, sometimes it's appropriate in a certain instance for like I would expect a man to do a certain thing that a woman wouldn't in a certain instance, mm -hmm. because it's like not because she's weaker, mm -hmm. but you know, you need to quit finally quit crying and get up and be a man mm. right and um whereas you might not expect that from a woman and again that's not about mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with weakness it's it's difference right mm -hmm. so i i see like with our personally like with my mother you know that's been my path too mm -hmm. i've had to stand up and and once i learned that i said i've got to be more of a man mm -hmm. you know i'm too much of a people pleaser mm -hmm. that's that's not a good thing mm -hmm. um you know christ christ was not nice mm -hmm. he was good mm -hmm. and that's a huge distinction mm -hmm. he made a lot of enemies he ticked a lot of people off yeah. and you know what i love that mm -hmm. i love that you know deal with it mm -hmm. this is the truth mm -hmm. but you know and, and and you know but he was he didn't you know okay you don't want to accept it fine but you know what if there was a fight that came up with mm -hmm. the pharisees mm -hmm. scripture's pretty clear mm -hmm. um he was all over and I think we miss that part of Jesus, you know, and, and that's the part as a man I relate to more. Mm -hmm. sure. You know, we've got a strong king leader here in Jesus. We don't have a, he's not this wimpy feminized mm -hmm. man that he's portrayed as mm -hmm. and just, well, you know, uh, it's okay. Turn the other cheek. Well, you know what? Sometimes you got to go mm -hmm. and you've got to, you got to confront people, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and sometimes, you know, in a worst case that may be in a physical way. And, and I'm not, advocating that but i'm saying mm -hmm. you know what somebody's somebody's hurting my family and i have to use mm -hmm. uh be physical to to get them off of that mm -hmm. i'll do it mm -hmm. and, and and so that's the thing that's we, we need to understand a proper understanding of the human person you know mm -hmm. and and um and that's what we're missing and, and that's why i say like aquinas is so so huge mm -hmm. um he, he'll let you understand what it means to be a person. Here's mm -hmm. the powers of the soul. Mm -hmm. Here is how the virtues fit in. Mm -hmm. Here's how you're supposed to act. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I never was taught any of that growing up. I went to Catholic schools, mm -hmm. but, um, you know. Is there a particular work of his that you would recommend for the male listeners? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the key one is, is the Summa Theologiae, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, and I promise you, it's, if you learn some philosophical terms, it's not as intimidating as you may think. Mm -hmm. It will take time, mm -hmm. but there are so many great um, Thomists out there, mm -hmm. like Dr. Peter Craved. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend him. Mm -hmm. um, he will break it down for you. Mm -hmm. He's got talks. Mm -hmm. Just absolutely fantastic. Um, I know um, Dr. Taylor Marshall is very much into, he's got a podcast. He's very much into Aquinas. Um, but I would recommend above everybody, um, the Dominicans in Washington, D.C. at the Dominican House of Studies, mm -hmm. um, they've got, it's Aquinas 101 course. And you can just go listen to quick podcasts, 10 minutes mm -hmm. long, mm -hmm. and they will explain everything to you in a way you can understand it. So I, I cannot recommend them enough. They mm -hmm. clearly have a, a calling for that. Mm -hmm. And I listen to them all the time. So I would recommend mm -hmm. just Google Aquinas 101. Mm -hmm. I think it's Aquinas101.com. Mm -hmm. And they'll give a talk on on they'll go through the summa mm -hmm. for you mm -hmm. and they'll break it down for you. Mm -hmm. Great. You know, so, Good. so yeah. And, and to me, it's just, it's so exciting because mm -hmm. uh, we're made for truth. And when you, you know, mm -hmm. when you hear truth mm -hmm. and I read Aquinas and I go, yeah, it's like mm -hmm. a breath of fresh air, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and father Kentonick, mm -hmm. I, I don't know his, his background on, on, um, on his education mm -hmm. on, 
Uh, but he's very much, I, I read into him, he's, 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 he's grounded in the perennial philosophy of Aquinas. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it, right? Mm-hmm. You can tell. But, but what Schoenstatt's done, mm-hmm. and Father Niehaus talks about this in his book on uh, 200 Questions on Schoenstatt. Mm-hmm. He, he brings, okay, now Aquinas shows us how kind of all this fits together. Mm-hmm. How do we best live that out day to day? And then the covenant, our love with our mother. And, mm-hmm. and, and he has been a huge impact on me as well, Father Kentonick. Mm-hmm. He's, he's helped me to, mm-hmm. to be, have a little more freedom versus law, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so I integrate, um, I'll, I'll take Aquinas, I'll integrate Father Kentonick and, and so many others. And it, it's just, it, it's just so refreshing mm-hmm. um, and it's so rich. Mm-hmm. And if you really, st- it's, it's worth the time. You don't have to be an intellectual mm-hmm. to study it some, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but again, you know, like, like I said, I think masculinity, that's been one of my, mm-hmm. one of my pet peeves. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm a little more at peace with it now. I'm a little more open to doing broader stuff, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's just, mm-hmm. that's just crucial in our mm-hmm. culture right now. Yeah. Um, well, and that's that's the reality. And even as 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 women watching our men and women who who want the best for our men, but we don't know how to teach our men to be men because we're not men. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, um, so as a woman, it's difficult too because we want, at least probably a lot of women listening to this show, we want our men to be the leaders. We want our men to lead our families in the faith. We want our men to be in that role. We don't know how to support that because it's not a role that they've been in because we've been doing it you know and we don't know any better so yes. so we're in that 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 situation so but a part of it of course is always um is always um you know filling our intellect with truth like you said getting to know the truth getting to understand the realities and so maybe that's a good place to start is checking that out checking out you know just the the truth that that, that god did give us through the through what he gave us through saint thomas aquinas and getting to understand that a little bit better better what does it actually mean to be man what does it actually mean to be woman and part of it is just admitting that reality is that we're we're different not we're equal but different and just recognizing that you know as as woman i can do things that more naturally and with greater ease Absolutely. than what you as man cannot do and vice versa and really running into that role um something that that struck me um you know chatting with men who have answered the call to the priest the the vocation of a priest and kind of you know i always love to hear that like you know how did you answer that call or how the lord call you and sometimes it's really profound and you know very providential other times it's very simple you know you just respond to this call this call this call and it leads but something that has come up in a few conversations with uh, men that i know who are priests is the reality of that you know the lord called them and it's, it's, it's a very man response. And I mean this in the best of ways. It's a very masculine response, almost like the Lord is, is, is we're in battle and I'm a soldier in the field and I'm going to go fight and I'm going to answer the call and we're going to go and we're going to go figure this out. Um, whereas, and I was like taken aback, like, oh, but you weren't like head over heels in love with this man who saved you. And like, he didn't sweep you off your feet. Like you answered this call to go fight and you didn't even you weren't even swept off your feet in love and really like then I got thinking about it more I'm like duh of course that's the reality right like that's how the Lord won me over and how I got on the battlefield and was like okay I'm zealous for souls and want to follow the Lord and want to you know stand at the foot of the cross and 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 offer the Lord you know everybody and bring everybody there to to put him in his heart and his most merciful heart but this reality of he spoke to me and like had to sweep me off my feet sort of first uh-huh. before it was just like hey here's your marching orders are you are you fighting or are you not type of a thing um and so i was really surprised that these men were answering this call and it wasn't until after years in the seminary years of of committing to them that then they really started to enter into the spiritual life more right into the life of prayer and into the life of of really loving him um but of course it's like that, right? I mean, that makes sense that, that it would be like that. Well, and, and again, that's key gender difference because mm-hmm. what what is the the thing, the woman's basic need that she wants to hear most is that she's loved. Mm-hmm. A man wants to hear most that he's respected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, I, you don't have to sit here and tell me, mm-hmm. oh, I love you. I don't care. I mean, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> sure, I do. Yeah. I, don't disrespect me. Sure. And to me, it's like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And, and I'll complain all the time to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I'll, mm-hmm. you know, but it's funny because that's the rule I see our mother with me is she makes it easier. And when I feel the Lord's too demanding, I mm-hmm. kind of feel her 
the mother touch, mm-hmm. right? And that's how a mother does with the kids. Mm-hmm. The man should be more, mm-hmm. you know, especially with the boys, get up and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the mother's role is different and they're both critical, mm-hmm. right? And so to me, that's our, our mother, Mary. She's like, you know, the Lord can be pretty tough and, and, um, and you know, he makes you work hard and, mm-hmm. and that's where her, that maternal touch and I'll get really angry a lot of times at the Lord. You know, I go back, I talk all day to him and I'm like, <laughs> I just, um, and, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you know, but then I'll calm down and I just, it's like that Mary draws me back mm-hmm. and I kind of melt and I can't, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'm like, but it's interesting because I feel like she's made it easier for me as he's developed, as the Lord has developed my manhood mm-hmm. and to the point where, okay, I don't need as much tender where I've matured enough. I'm heading toward that point to where, mm-hmm. okay, all right, boss, mm-hmm. you know, a leader, mm-hmm. you're the general Lord. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? We need to go mm-hmm. out and fight today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't need as much, mm-hmm. you know, TLC, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that should be the goal of men in my mm-hmm. opinion, you know, and, but our mother is the one that gets us here or we just can't, mm-hmm. it's too hard. And like mm-hmm. you're saying, I think that's critical because I've found that mm-hmm. as I've grown, I always went to Mary. I was raised on Mary. You know, my, my mom taught me the rosary every day and always wore a medal of Mary from grade school. I always went to her though. It was mm-hmm. funny. I never really went directly to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, but now I find myself conversing more mm-hmm. with Jesus mm-hmm. from a man to man. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I'm starting to see him more as a man rather than some kind of, you know, lovey dovey, mm-hmm. somebody that's weak. I don't want like, like, mm-hmm. again, I think too, growing up uh, and no offense to, to priests because mm-hmm. they're, they've got so much stacked against them. But, mm-hmm. um, like in my experience, I saw a lot of priests that they just didn't, uh, like exude masculinity to mm-hmm. me growing up. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that didn't attract me. Mm-hmm. I didn't, think mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. just didn't attract me mm-hmm. and that's why i think it's so so critical that we've got to develop priests with with to be really masculine mm-hmm. you've got to have a masculine mm-hmm. um spirituality mm-hmm. there's a difference mm-hmm. and um and and you hit it right on the head when you talked about how that call yeah it's like um mm-hmm. yeah the, the i love you i love you. it does mm-hmm. nothing for me you know we were talking earlier with saint Therese, the mm-hmm. the flowery language she mm-hmm. uses which is great mm-hmm for certain people for Mm -hmm. more for women but Mm -hmm. i it's the depth Mm -hmm. like i was telling you earlier of her that she was tough as nails and that's what i like Mm -hmm. and that was an example for me look Mm -hmm. at this 23 year old girl and Mm -hmm. uh and boy that's humbling (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know i mean so so yeah so yeah anyway so 23 year old girl uh little flower flowery language who's like striking you and saying be a man right she she has a way with men, by the way. <laughs> she has. A way with men. <laughs> well, um, she got me. She wrote me, yeah, and I'll tell yeah. you. Um, and so I think so many priests too can can look to her and her writings and to the call of the priesthood. In fact, the the ICS publications that that prints her um, story of a soul, which is the translation I would personally recommend. But um, at the end of it, the book they have their vocations office number. Like it, that's very intentional on their behalf yeah. because she draws so many men. <laughs> Like, and it's, and it is, and it's through like behind the scenes of this, what appears to be on the surface, very flowery language, but it's not, she has a depth and a strongness and she's so authentically feminine that it draws out authentic masculinity. And that's the reality. True, authentic femininity draws out authentic masculinity and vice versa. When women are in the presence of men who are authentically men, it draws out authentic femininity at the same time. So, um, geez, John wasn't expecting our conversation to go here today. (laughs) But, you know, praise God for for what he's doing. Oh, and I was just doing real quick. Yeah. um, To to women, if you want your men to be more of a leader, let them lead. Um, Because that's (laughs) one thing you you might notice that you're not doing. And and one of the things I've had comments in some of my talks, men will say, okay, well, if I'm supposed to be a leader, give me a list of what I should do versus what she should do. No, you missed. It's not that right. We lead in different ways. Sure. Right. And again, uh, I, I think the best thing to leave you with is the dance. We call it the dance, right? Men give in a receiving way. Women receive in a giving way. And if you keep that in mind, it's a dance. It takes two people to do that waltz, right? Mm-hmm. And in a sense, the woman by being passive is in a sense leading mm-hmm. the leader, right? Mm-hmm. So look at it like, like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is let your man be the man then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So big task. 
But we, oh, absolutely. Well, listen, us women, we know. The women who are authentically saying, I want the man to lead are saying, okay, yes, I know. I hear you. I will do that. <laughs> um, and you'll fail. <laughs> um, but then you just try again, okay? And I think, too, to, to, to begin, actually have a conversation as a couple about this absolutely have a couple a conversation about this women if you have been the one leading and i'm going to speak from my own experience if you've been the one leading your man isn't going to believe you when you say i want you to lead he's going to say no this is a trap you're setting me up to fail. I'm not going to lead because I'm going to do something wrong and go against what you want. So women, you need to have this conversation as a couple to say, no, I really earnestly want you to lead. I will fail. I want you to, you know, respect that reality that I know I will fail. I'm going to want to take control again. I'm going to want to be the leader. Um, But we're in this together. And so you have open, honest conversations about that, that you're both striving to that and it is going to be a dance and you're going to fall along the way. But, you know, you pick each other up. Um, So yeah, I can remember in the beginning of no, I really want you to lead. And then two seconds later, but hold on, but <laughs> I'll do it. Let's, I'll just do this one thing, but you can lead after this, right? <laughs> so you, you definitely will fall along the way. But, um, but like we said, when, when woman is authentically woman, man is more apt to be authentically man Absolutely. and vice versa. And, and you know, if, if anybody's interested, like I said, I've given talks, um, on gender, mm-hmm. um, from a Catholic perspective, and mm-hmm. it's really a fascinating topic. If anybody's interested, um, I, I do offer that, mm-hmm. um, and, and basically it's looking at, at what it means to be a man versus a woman from a theological, philosophical, and a psychological perspective. And it's fascinating stuff, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it makes for great discussion, mm-hmm. and, but I think it's so practical. It's not this pie-in-the-sky stuff because mm-hmm. it's really like, oh, wow, you know, um, it, it, and that's what struck me because a lot of it, we bring in the psychological archetypes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, gender from a a neurological perspective, Mm -hmm. brain differences. Mm -hmm. You know, if we understood this, Mm -hmm. it it would, it can do nothing but help your relationship Mm -hmm. if you, if you take it to heart. So like I say, I'm, I'm, I always love talking that Mm -hmm. stuff. I could talk theology and philosophy all day. As I told Mm -hmm. you, I'm, um, yeah, sorry. I, I don't want to talk too much. I'm usually introverted, but I get on this. I could I could sit here all day yeah. with you. And, yeah. You know, I go forever. So. so how would somebody get in touch with you if they wanted to reach out to you about uh, that? If you go to um, my website, mm-hmm. it's marycastleoflight.info. Mm-hmm. So it's M-A-R-Y-S-Castle-of-Light.info. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I've got videos on there of my community shrine. Um, and uh, yeah, basically all, all my info is on there. Um, you're free to contact me and, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. And, uh, I, you know, I want to bring our, and, and again, our mother is our educator. Um, you know, any talks I give, I always have her right next to me in my mm-hmm. shrine. Cause she's, you know, specifically shouldn't that it's that you're in, you're in that, that flow of grace, the educator, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So she's critical to this. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so. So a few things you mentioned as we were talking that really struck me as like key keynotes of things that we talked about today. One, just as you were sharing the life, your own life and your own promptings and following the Lord faithfully, you talked about the uh, the death leap, you know, of Father Kenton Worms or the blank check when this would just be like a full surrender to the Lord and his will, right? Um, and sometimes this is in like big ways like you did where you left your job and you said, okay, I'm going to live off retirement for a while. Um, and sometimes it's in much smaller ways. It's still a death leap of sorts. It's still a blank check, but the Lord kind of eases us maybe into things a little bit more. Um, you mentioned, you know, one of the big takeaways you took from your, your uh, studies, your master's degree was learning how to think correctly as a Catholic. Wow. What a big thing, right? Cause you're so right. Like you want to, you want to really dive into this think correctly. We've been thinking incorrectly. We've been bombarded with lies from the time we we're little people. And so just to see through a proper lens and process things through a proper lens. Wow. What a big deal. And then you mentioned, um, your life. And I think this is the title of your memoir. If you ever write your life story, a step at a time with no plan. <laughs> the John Lowley story. <laughs> but isn't that beautiful? A step, a step at a time with no plan. And I can, I'm going to unpack that in my own life of prayer for a while. I encourage the listeners to do the same. I might even title this episode that. Um, but that's the reality is a step at a time. And this is how we faithfully follow the Lord. One step at a time. We trust him. You know, one step at a time is a, is a step of great trust, right? In peace, right? Because we're not getting frantic. We're not panicking. It's just one step at a time. And also that whole surrender aspect with no plan. This isn't my plan. This is God's plan. And I am simply an instrument in his hand following where 
healthy leads. So we gave the listeners, I think, so much to chew on. John, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what, well, we can't keep going? <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Well, perhaps the Lord will will us to connect again. Um, but people know how to get in contact with you. And just thank you. Thank you for following him. Thank you for your faithfulness to him. Thank you for continuing to take one step at a time with no plan. <laughs> well, thanks for inviting me. I, I mean, this, the, Julie, this has just been so much fun. And, oh, good. Praise and God. like I said, when I first heard you, um, you're great at this. Oh, yeah. uh, you really are. You're gifted at this. And I was really, really uh, pleased to see you're doing this. So mm. uh, it's wonderful. Oh, praise God. Thank you for so, embarrassing And me. maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> hey, maybe sometime you can come down to Mary's Castle yeah. and do uh, yeah. uh, uh, do something from there. Yeah, well, the, I, the Lord has connected us for a reason. I highly doubt this will be the last time we talked. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so if your listeners know that I'm keeping you in, your, in, in my prayers, John, keep them in your prayers too, the listeners who are Absolutely. listening to this. And I humbly ask that you keep us both in your prayers as well, united in the shrine in our covenant. Um, so any other thing that you want to mention before we go well i'll just mention to you sometime off the record i'll tell you my story about how i got to my inscriptio oh yeah okay and because we're, we're talking about you know mm-hmm. uh trusting god as a providential mm-hmm. father mm-hmm. and it was the facing su- gr- accepting that suffering that mm-hmm. was my biggest struggle mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's another story but oh, um man, but yeah but again if, if we have uh, the thing is mm-hmm. ask ourselves you know mm-hmm. shunstad is father-centered do you believe that you have a loving father providentially caring for your every need mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And I think so many times the answer is, at least for me, I don't. Mm-hmm. Or I want to. Or I want I'm to, but I can't quite get mm-hmm. there. And, it's, and you know, that's going to help us so much psychologically mm-hmm. too and just with stress mm-hmm. if you really believe that. So oh, yeah. work towards that, mm-hmm. um, but our mother gets you there. Mm-hmm. She is the road to get there, and mm-hmm. I can't stress that enough. Mm-hmm. Um like I said, if, if it, she's the one, if it weren't for her, mm-hmm. um, I would have never been able to get to God and approach that masculine mm-hmm. aspect. Mm-hmm. Praise God. If it weren't for her, I wouldn't know how to be a woman. <laughs> I, honestly. Right? Yeah, right. absolutely. So, absolutely. Okay. All right. Oh, thank you so much, John. What a gift. Ah, praise God. Let's end with the glory be. Want to? That's great. In the name of the Father, Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be to, to the, the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was in the beginning, beginning is now, and ever shall be, world without, without end. end. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, Son and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen.